Okay, so this is the second episode of Thoughts, Not Feelings. May, no, I screwed up the title already. Thoughts, Maybe Feelings. That's the name of my podcast. So the first one was not very good, I admit it. I talked to myself, which was not the smartest thing to do. I um, made it for an hour, but I was kind of rambling. And um, my idea for the podcast was to have guests in the future, because I know a lot of interesting people. I do have a guest this time. I'm very honored to have my older brother, David, who is my older brother that I grew up with. I actually don't get a chance to see him that often, so I'm very happy that at this Passover 2022, he's here. Would you like to say hello? I'd love to say hi. Hello. It's great to be here, Danny. Thank you very much. We are here in my apartment, and I don't really know what we're going to talk about, but um, I don't know. What, what do you think we should talk about? Oh, uh, I guess it's up to me, huh? No, 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 no. I would like to say... I'd love to things. talk about anything. Okay, so the first... Let me tell you something. The first podcast that I discussed, which was I was rambling, but my idea was to talk about, you know, myself and my issues, and you know that I have had serious issues with depression. I don't really want the whole podcast to be about depression, but when I showed it to people that I care about, like Peter Himmelman, he said that depression would be a great angle to talk about. So we've... You know, so we could kind of say that I've struggled with it in the past. We both grew up in say that. Yeah. <laughs> we both grew up in Israel, which was an interesting experience. So maybe what I would like to talk about is maybe to see where we match and where we don't match in our versions of our past. Okay, how, that's how, cool. We could do that. Okay. Because we there is a five year difference between us. Right. You you being the older one. Me being the younger one. So it's four years and 11 months, actually. <laughs> so basically, you know, the issues from my past are very strange because we grew up, obviously, in a different country in Israel. I am now in the States for many, many years. When I think about the past, I, uh, it's very, this is something that I'm working on in therapy a lot. Uh, it's very uh, choppy, the, the, the stories, the images... I think for you it's a little bit different because you've been in Israel back and forth a mm. lot. So I think for you it's a little bit more of a coherent timeline, perhaps. Could be, yeah. Think about it. Um, our, so our mother passed when I was 11. You were 16. And one thing I talk about in therapy is that I don't really remember that much about her. I don't think that you remember that much, but that's something that maybe... My therapist asked me last week, do you remember going to her funeral? I have absolutely no memory of it. Wow, I do. I have... Well, I have images, right? I don't, I don't have the from the beginning to the end huh. kind of memory. But I remember... She's strange. I remember David Goldenberg standing there huh. and sort of providing strength he had. He had like Ray-Ban sunglasses on and he was standing there with his hands crossed across his chest and his sort of legs sort of spread out like chunky kind of guy. Right. Like strong presence, strong friend there to support us. I remember that. Wow. And I felt very supported by the fact that he was there. Wow. Um, Wait, do you remember, was it in Haifa? Because she's, yeah. she's buried in Haifa. Yeah, she's buried in Haifa. You and I have not been. I have. You found it? I found the grave oh, with Seepi, with, okay. with a girlfriend right, from right, seven years right. ago. Ashley, the Coens told I me where... I have been there for 
Yeah, I have a picture of the of the epitaph of the stone. Really? Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that you remember the wedding. I have absolutely no memory of the of the not wedding, the not funeral. Wedding. Yeah. So you remember David Goldenberg. Um, so I remember different things about the funeral. So, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, first of all, do you remember being told by the Goldenbergs when we stayed there? I remember being told so, by Blossom Wiesen. We were staying at the Goldenbergs. And Blossom came to tell us? I think Blossom Wiesen, who was a family friend, she was the one that told us. And I think they waited until after the holiday, which was Rosh Hashanah. Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. They waited until after the fast. And they told us the next morning, on our way to school. Yeah. We were supposed to be going to school. I'll never forget this. We're in Sarah Goldenberg's kitchen. And she's listening to like BBC on shortwave radio or something. And that's what we were doing. We were, she was listening to world news. We're having breakfast. We're getting ready for school. And we were staying in their house for a long time, like for weeks, because mom was sick. Right. She was in the States. And Charlie, our father, was with her. So we were guests of the Goldenbergs. Mm -hmm. And that was actually the best place to stay because we both felt very comfortable there. They had great kids. They had great kids. They were all friends of ours. We were sort of matched by age. And we were there for a few weeks. So here we were after the long, you know, Yom Kippur fast. And it was a big deal in those days because we were still young. And we were about to go to school. And then I remember Sarah Goldenberg lowering the volume on the BBC newscast. And we didn't know what was going on. And it was like this moment of tension. And something, we knew something was going on. We knew something happened. I don't remember Blossom. Maybe I guess Blossom arrived in the kitchen and told us. I that think so. That's mom my mom had passed away. I can't believe you don't remember that. I mean, I have a very vivid memory of Blossom Wiesen. Was the it must have been her because it couldn't have been Sarah Goldenberg. Why not? I don't remember that. Okay. Actually. Okay, so I, it was. So I, I remember I'm somebody a, telling us. I guess it was Blossom. I think it's ninety. I'm ninety percent sure it was Blossom Wiesen. And it was like a kick in the stomach. It was like we we knew she was sick. Right. I don't think we knew she had cancer. I don't think anybody knew until three weeks we, well, before I, she passed away. Really? But Charlie, yeah. our father, went to the States, so he oh, obviously... Yeah. she had an operation or... But for, him, but for him to go to the States must have meant that it was serious because he never went to the oh, States. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So she had pancreatic cancer. We were not... We knew she was sick for a long time. We didn't know what it was. We weren't, we weren't told it was cancer. We weren't, we weren't told that it was terminal or... Or that she was in her final days, nothing like that. And all we know is that, right, that uh, Danny's dad, my stepdad, you know, rushed to the States. We stayed with his family. We get the news. And I guess then, okay, then they said to us, we're going to the airport because your dad is landing with the body on the airplane. Like, you know, separate, obviously, but he was coming back. And we went to the airport to greet him. Wow, I don't remember this at all. And I actually remember the ride, and I remember you in the car being very quiet. And I think, ooh, I don't remember if you were crying. I, you know, I think we were still in shock. And pretty much that morning, after she told us, he probably, right after the fast, got on a plane to come back, and they got the body, all that. And she died on the eve of Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think, a Friday. So she died on the eve of Yom Kippur, then the whole holiday, then the next morning, then we're on our way. He's already back from, on his way back from the United States. We go to the airport straight from that kitchen. Like, I don't remember anything in between. We pretty much went. I, did Blossom take us to the airport? Somebody took us to the airport. Yeah. I don't think it was the Goldenbergs. 
again. I think it was Blossom. Wow. It was probably Blossom. Wow. And we felt very close to her. She was like a second, almost like a second mother. The Goldenbergs, we did not feel like they were second parents. You don't know, think they it was were, the Sapozniks that drove us? I don't know. So we were closer to the Sapozniks than the Weasons, but the Weasons were also a big... She right. was, so I don't know. So I don't know. Somebody took us to the airport, and then Charlie came with us in the car. I don't really... This is sort of vague. He gets in the car. It's awkward and weird. We get back... And then the funeral. So I don't, you know, I'm, I'm assuming the funeral was the next day. Wow. Like on Monday. Yeah. Right. And. And you're, you're not at the army at this time at all, right? No, no, I'm 16. Right, right, right. I'm 16. Right, we're, right, we're, right. We're both together. Like our, right. you know, our lives, our lives were shattered. I mean, this was. Right. This was crazy. This was a big deal. Um, I'm still in sixth grade. I'm still in elementary school. Trying to remember if I remember her body, if I remember the. I mean, I don't want to get too um, ghoulish about it, but I vaguely remember that, and that's that's pretty much all I remember. Oh, and then I remember being in in the shiva, like sitting. You know, in in Jewish tradition, you sit at home for like a, roughly seven days after the funeral, and people come and visit. And I remember Krasner, Sandy Krasner. She was. She was a, she was a she family was a character. She was a family friend who was a little bit strange. We kind of made fun of her because she, for some reason, she was kind of in love with her dad. Oh, right. She was. She, she would stand up during his sermons for some reason. The whole, the whole sermon, she would stand up. And she was tall, so she was noticeable. She looked like a tree standing up. She looked like a boy. Um, and and she, so she came during the shiva? She came to our shiva? She came to the shiva. And I remember, I remember two things. I remember somebody saying that you know, grieving is like the waves in the ocean. They, they it's sort of going to come and then it's going to recede and then it's going to come back, come at you and recede. So like waves in the ocean and that, you know, you should accept it and sort of go with the flow. When you want to mourn, you, 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 when you feel like mourning, you mourn. And then when, when, when it sort of recedes, you don't feel guilty, you sort of go with it. That was great advice. Who said that? Not Sandy Krasner. She comes in, I remember her, she takes me to a separate room and it's just me and her. Okay, and it, this was a weird moment. And she grabs me by the shoulders and starts shaking me or something. And it's like, it's okay. It's okay to feel sadness or something wild like that. And it was like this shock therapy, which I totally rejected. It was totally weird. And I said, thank you very much. And then I basically avoided her at any, wow. you know, any opportunity I had. I would like go to the other side of the room. And she would sort of, she was that kind of person that always knew that you were trying to, you know, and she would be pursuing you just, you know, in, in, in the fact that her presence was in the room and you would try to yeah. avoid her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's crazy. Uh, those memory. memories I remember. Um, that's a crazy. Speaking of Sandy Krasner, I once took a bath and she walked into the bathroom while I was naked in the bath. She assumed that I would welcome her. And I totally remember being totally embarrassed. And what was she doing in the, in the bathtub in the first place? And that's my memory of Sandy Krasner was seeing me nude when I was well, like... Well, you're probably pretty small, but... I'm still pretty small, but anyway. I young. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like seven or eight and I was humiliated. But the Shiva, you know, I sort of remember like kids visiting my, our room, like my friends, which was very strange because I never had friends visit um, I remember somebody asking me, you, this is why you're so good at basketball, because we had a little basket, you know, with a sponge ball. And I remember, like, Iris, you know, she was, like, one of the prettiest girls in class. She asked me, you know, is this why you're so good at basketball? And it was so surreal, because I, I never had friends come over to the house. 
we I always went to other people's houses mm-hmm. because our house was you know my father was kind of a dark presence and I don't I don't do you did you invite people home I don't remember having any friends at home Lior yeah but he was bizarre right uh yeah I don't think we had. We were not the kind of house where friends would hang out with us. We would hang out with, with other kids. Like, I would go to Yoni Flus down the street. Right. Or the Goldenbergs. We would always try to, f- yeah. I guess, yeah. without even knowing it, we would find ways to not be in the house. Yeah. It was a very... This is what I talked about with my therapist, okay? okay? The reason why the childhood was so strange for me was because it was a continuous... First of all, everything was kind of fine until uh, our mom died. Like, I was fine... You know, I'm sure it was a strange existence with our father because he was always a dark presence. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, it was a really, f- I don't know how it was for you, but for me, uh, this is a very interesting revelation that I just we just discovered a few weeks ago. Yeah, we wanted to compare our version. Yeah. And our versions. Yeah. yeah. And he says, he said, uh, he, I see a very good therapist, and he says, uh, the reason why... One of you know one of the reasons my childhood was so strange was because it was a a continuing motion or a continuing uh, fluctuation between joy and terror. I had terror at the house from him from him, probably my mom's death, which I don't really remember, mm-hmm. but definitely I mean it was terrifying to be with Charlie. And I cut him off, you know, after I started to hate him and I cut him off. I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't talk to him. And by doing that, I also cut off parts of myself because it was a habit to cut things off. And I wasn't like that with you. No, we had, like, we had a really, I was just going to say, we, we had, like, our own bubble of joy. Like, you and I, we were, we were like each other's universe, right? And we did everything together, even though there was five years between us, which is kind of unique for for two brothers um but we hung out a lot like we really like i i mean one of the things i wanted to say is that my memory of your childhood with my childhood was like all happy i mean aside from the outside shocks right so mom's death was a big deal charlie's presence was always like something that we tried to avoid i mean we had to do it but he wasn't there that much i mean i don't, I don't remember him his presence there too much and whenever he was there he would like shout or you know say you know stop doing this stop doing that you know we'd sort of work with it and but we'd go back and do our own thing and we we had like a universe yeah and our universe was pretty happy yeah it was like you know the basketball outside the make believe we had we had nba stars that we'd make up their names and their profiles and we'd have games and leagues and championships and we'd play basketball inside we'd play basketball outside you know, we play soccer out in the, you know, we, and, and when we were older, we started playing basketball, you know, in, in, in the, the Mossad. In the Mossad. Yeah. There was a real, you know, nice basketball court by us. Yeah. You know, so we, we, our lives were filled with music, with, you know, memories of the States, with. For sure. Just things that we, we would do. We yeah. Were fi- I mean, we were happy. I mean, we were yeah. really happy. I'm telling you, you were happy. But then I remember, like, you had these, like, episodes, and they were like these unwelcome, sort of shocking whoa, what's going on with Danny kind of episodes. It was the school that you didn't want to go to. And then it was like this total breakdown. Yeah. Because you didn't want to go there. And somehow you got your way and you got out of there. And I was so jealous of you because the school was like, 
I mean, I don't want to say prison. I don't, I don't want to say, but it, it sort of felt like everybody else didn't have to do this. Right. And we were the only ones that needed to do it. And then I was left being the only one that needed to do it because you were out. You were in the other school. You right. Were, uh, you but know, you were at your school. tail end of it and you sort of had a life there. So it was, I don't think I it was... a life there. It wasn't, you know, but it was, yeah. you know, it was taking a bus to the other side of the city, like good 40 minutes yeah. each direction. Yeah. I'd come back late at night because this was what we call the yeshiva. So this was, you know, regular school in the morning and then religious, you know, teachings. In the, no, I'm sorry, religious teachings first and then it was secular. It went on until like, you know, in, in the winter, it went in, into dark. I mean, we'd come home like at six o'clock at night or yeah. whenever it was or felt like that. Yeah. And it was like endless. Long days. And everybody else was like, you know, hanging out, right, in the secular school. So, right. You know, so that was a burden, and so so you had that meltdown, and then you had, you know, there were all these episodes, like, you know, you started saying that you're hearing voices in your head, and you started, like, you know, all this stuff started happening. Well, I didn't understand what was happening, and, and so, so I, I... I can't place exactly when it started. I think it started, yeah, I know when it started. It right. started actually when you went to, when you finished um, grade school, and you were going into seventh grade, right. and you had to go to this religious school where I was, right. and I was there for years before you, and I was trying to support you and help you because yeah. I was your older brother, I knew the school, right. and I remember endless sessions with you, like, you know, Danny's going to be okay, it's going to be okay, you'll, you'll figure this out, Yeah. and you just wanted to leave, and for me, leaving was like, I didn't even know how to do it, it was unthinkable, I mean, how can you, it right. was like, you know, going on an extended <clears throat> vacation on a cruise, you know, it was just something that you don't do, <clears throat> and, right. and eventually you, you did it, but I think that was a point in your life, in my memory, where things started happening. It didn't happen when mom died. No, no, no. That, that's that's after. the Yeah, that's the weird thing. Is that uh, during that year that mom died, which was at the beginning of the year of September, that whole what year. Grade you when I was mom sixth died? grade, the last the last was, grade of elementary school. So and I was I was still I was still year. fine though. I was still fine and I have a diary totally from that fine. time and I'm and you know, which I copied half of it from you, but whatever. Uh, I have a, a, a diary and I'm fine. It's just it's that year and I'm sure transition. we talked about mom's death. I mean I'm, I'm sure we processed. I don't know. I don't, you don't think we talked about it? I don't know. We would make believe it didn't happen? How could that be? I don't think we made believe it didn't happen, but I don't really remember talking about it. So you think we were sort of nursing it out, each one in his own corner? I don't know. I have no memory. This is the weird thing. Like, I don't have, I don't have clear memories of her. Uh, I remember seeing her in the window, going down the stairs. I remember... Oh, you want to talk about memories of her? No, no I I just, really I'm just have. saying that whole period is murky. Very, very murky. Because yeah, we were small. I remember in the kitchen, I remember her crying because she had to clean the house for Passover and she pretty much had to do everything on her own because he didn't really help her. Right. I remember that. I, you know, I remember her. I don't, I, you know, I don't know how, how well we knew her for some reason. Like, she had a whole life. She used to play guitar. We didn't know it. What? Mom played guitar. I didn't, know, didn't that. know that. She no. sang. She had a beautiful singing voice. What? She played guitar. Don't remember that. Not in Israel. Huh. Uh, never, I never saw her play an instrument in Israel. No. You know. Um, That's weird. You know, she was a French teacher. I know that. But not in Israel. She, she switched to teaching English when she moved to Israel. Huh. I, you know what? I do remember her. You know, she had this little, like, work area in the living room. It was like that dangerous yeah. furniture with the shelves. Yeah, it opened up. the Beatles albums on the bottom. Yeah. So that was her workspace. Right. I remember that. And I remember having conversations with her about girls, dating. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Wow. I do remember that. And she was very much, 
very calming, like, don't worry. You know, I, I was like the kind of kid that would say, I don't really believe that, you know, girls like us, I know that we like girls. Like, because I was a very passionate sort of sensitive kid. And I always thought it was a one-way thing. And she would go, oh, don't you worry. Girls like boys too, kind of thing. You know, and those kind of conversations with a mom. Wow. Like, I, 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 I remember that. Wow. I think when Charlie was abusive towards her, I don't remember that very much. Like, I remember people telling us about it afterwards, but maybe we weren't too much in shock. Maybe we were embarrassed by the way he would behave. Yeah. I mean, he used to, yeah, anyway, uh, do it all now. But he, you know, he was... I don't remember her being abusive guy. towards her, except at towards abusive the, verbally, verbally. You know, yeah, 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 never yeah. Physically, but towards the end, I remember yeah. her, you know, telling her that the cancer is in her head. Oh, you know. yeah. I but that. I do remember him being very nasty towards you, just in general, like that. You remember that? So that I, I know about it, but I, I, I can't tell you that. I, no, I do remember it. I do, I do remember it. You, remember you probably it. got used to it because it happened a lot. It was and I used humiliating because it used to be these sessions. Like he would call me into his study, uh, and this uh, was like in the old British movies. Like you know, uh, you're, you're called in by the reclusive sort of scientist with all the dusty books and and all of that, and then he would give me, you know, a piece of his mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I have more memories of him than I have of of her. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I used to feel guilty sometimes because he, you know, uh, he was, a, you know, he, he wouldn't do that to me. I mean, he was very cold and distant and strict with me, but he, he wasn't like as nasty to me as he was to you. And I remember feeling it's a weird position for me to be in. He was like overcompensating you. Like he would cut your food. He wouldn't let you, you know, he was like yeah, yeah. over in a weird sort of both neglecting and overprotective kind of thing. Do you remember how she was with me? Because I don't. She might have cut my food for me. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I have no... I remember once she was in the kid... It's weird how we don't recall. I mean, guys, you know, uh, I wouldn't say we're that young, but to not remember anything before you're 16 in terms of your your mom, aside from a few snippets of memory, is kind of weird, but I guess that's just human nature. But that's what I wanted to talk to you about, because you have five years more than me, So and and, but your memory is also not so great. I remember driving with her in the car, Yeah. and it was a manual, Yeah. and it was uphill, and she could not handle the emergency brake and, you know, you, you know, starting the car, you know, or resuming uh, driving uh, on an uphill. Right. And, you know, the car would roll back. Right. And then she would have to hit the, the handbrake and then try again. And then these guys would get out of cars, like, you know, middle-aged guys and come and try to help her. Wow. And at some point, we actually got out of the car. And a guy drove our car, you know, up over the hill wow. to help her. Wow. So she had, you know, that. I know she didn't like to drive. She did not like to drive. I wonder why she drove in the first place with, in, that, in that incident. Uh, yeah, I guess she drove. She, she just, she didn't like Yeah, we didn't, we so didn't I know. Have, I mean, I think if we sat here and, you know, I yeah. don't want to belabor the point, but we can probably, you and I can do it off, off the pod, podcast yeah. and, and, and try to come up with more. I, I, memories I, of her there's not that many yeah there's not that many but um but the point that i was trying to say before that was um uh the reason why i might be having a lot of ups and downs mm-hmm. in my 20s 30s 40s and now mm-hmm. is because in my childhood i kept vacillating between joy and terror joy and terror joy and terror and now what does the terror feel like 
Well, I think the terror started when I have when I started. It's like the chicken and egg thing, you know. Like I started having these these crying episodes and this depression stuff when I was going to go to that school, and maybe my mom's death kind of hit me then, and they collided at the, at the same time. But mom died in September. Yeah, and I still had a good year after that. And you were already at the religious school? No, I still had. Oh, so it was uh, the beginning of your sixth grade. That's right, and I was so still you had okay. A whole another year there. I was still okay. okay. I was still okay. okay, but then the following summer was when things collapsed for me. The following summer in the states? No, I was okay in the states, but then coming back to that school and that's oh, so you came back. So, yeah. So not only so listen to this. It was not only going to the states. It was also the transition back. Right. And going to a new school. Right. Which you were probably terrified about all summer. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was just uh, things colliding, and and yeah, but also that the maybe the, it. And also the juxtaposition between being in the summer in a state and having fun versus terror. Yeah, back, which yeah. is very hard to pro- even even normally it's hard to process, but in the child's brain, mm-hmm. which I kind of you know, I said, oh come on, you know, like I, for for a long time I kind of said to myself, mm-hmm. well, I mean, I don't know if how much of this is an insight or not, um, and again we can do more of this right, um, right, more in depth, but right, I think this whole America thing. Yeah. For us, yeah, was great. It was a high, right? But in some ways, it was a little destructive because it was a hindrance. We didn't live normal lives. We were like, you know, we waited all year for this tremendous burst of adrenaline or whatever you want to call it, right? You know, and to be in somebody else's family, orphan, yeah, and 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 what family? You know, wealthier than ours. Right. Well to do on a beautiful lake in upstate New York. Without any you know, abuse. Then, and then you go back to the drab Middle East. And in those days, the Middle East, you know, even Israel is pretty modern today. But back then it was kind of drab. We right. go into the, you know, the Fiat 124 and, right. you know, with no air conditioning, with the, the, the windows down yeah. and, and the hot wind blowing in our, you but know. But it wasn't those it was, details. It was the juxtaposition between Charlie. Yeah, all of what. And that too. it was the it was right. it wasn't the so details it was the it's the joy it's the same theme of right. constant jo- like heightened joy yeah and it's almost like being epileptic because you you know right before you fall you have this high right and the summer was like the high right and then you always went back to some sort of I mean literally fall right like autumn but literally fall right you know um, at the end of the summer it's the definition it was hard and I remember you know what I remember what here's a, a memory that may help you I mean. Mm-hmm. We went to see the Weezens. The Weezens were Americans that moved to Israel, but I think they were much better adjusted than us. A, they had very loving parents, although their parents. Talk about Sapostics or the Weezens? No, the Weezens. Okay. And the girls that, you know, Shoshi and, uh, and Tamar. Right. And I rem- they were much more Isra- integrated in the country than we were because we, we always had that half of being United States and Israel. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, they didn't even get it. And I remember... I. Like, I never felt more alone than that day when I was trying to express to them how hard it was for us to come back from the States and just deal with reorienting on the ground in, in, in Israel. Yeah. And they looked at us with this sort of vacant look that they, they, they didn't know what the hell we were talking wow. about. Wow, wow. And I remember feeling very alone. And alienated. And just alienated from everything. It's yeah. Like, why doesn't anyone understand what we're going through? Interesting. It's like, how do you even explain what you're going through? And for us, it was so emotional. Yeah. Even for me, I mean, I was older than you, and right. I was, you know, pretty... I, I didn't have you serious eat. ups and downs, but I right. did when we came back, too. I also had that sort of... That drop. That steady, It yeah. was a drop, and it was... 
I, it was depressing. It was like just, you know, and nobody nobody else gets what we're talking about. And even they're looking down at us because, yeah. you know, we're not patriotic. Israeli. You know, Israelis. Yeah. Like they were, and they didn't have any emotional stuff that we were talking about. So, yeah. I don't remember Blossom being... So maybe, you know, all of this is pieces and you're a puzzle, right? Yeah. You know, that you need to... That you need no, to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting to hear your, your version of it because uh you know it's it it colli- it it some of it some of it is the same as mine and some of it is very different you know i uh i don't know why i had you know more mental health issues than than you did you know but maybe it's because i was younger you know i don't know very impressionable we were both very impressionable and we went through big changes in in our life experience you know two two months or a year a month and a half in the states is a little, you know at yeah. that age is a big deal. Yeah, and totally different circumstances. And we I mean, were away from our parents. Away from our parents. Every summer. Right. right? And, and, and being with our uncle and aunt, which is a totally... Who were loving and, you know, they basically gave us everything, you know, we needed materially, emotionally. Yeah. It was a great, great experience. And then you'd go back and, and you had to go back to him. Right. Like, in a deeper way. I mean, we both went back to him, right. basically. But eventually I joined the army. I was out of the house. You had your own apartment. I had my own apartment. And you were sort of going through this over and over again, like every year. Yeah. And not only that, you lived a double life. Right. Because you would receive letters from Megan Jack with money. Right. That you would go and you would buy yourself, I mean, mostly ice cream, but it was meant for food. (laughs) Because, you know, Charlie wasn't really providing for you. So talk about, you know, joy, terror, joy, terror, joy, terror. Yeah. You know, and you wait for those letters and you try to get to those letters before he got to the letters. Right, right. You know, so you would wait by the uh, mailbox, which is, by the way, what you just did now. Wait by the mailbox to right. get the mail before yeah. he, you know, which wasn't that which wasn't that hard because he, he would never, never he go. never left his because of all the stairs, right, right, right. But, I mean, if you think about it, your the theme of your life in those years yeah. was joy and terror. Two things, yeah. You had this parallel all the time that you were going back and forth on, right. And that's even before we get to to him, to to Charlie himself, and the way you felt in his presence, right, was right, very uncomfortable. It was yeah. It's 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 a very it's a very bizarre experience to even think about now, because you know now, you know I have days. Most of my days are fine, but I I do feel like when I have joy, it's a very it's still a weird experience for me because I think it's going to end, and then I might go back to feeling not so joyous. Which for me, are you afraid that you're going to keep going back? Well, I mean, there's, there's two issues. One is I'm always a little afraid that depression is looming again, but not so much. Usually when I'm okay, I'm okay. But the experience of not feeling joy, like tonight I'm going to a concert, I'm going to feel joy. Tomorrow morning is going to be like back to mundane, which it doesn't feel mundane. It feels like a disappointment compared to what I've been through. And I think it, it, it goes back to that joy and terror feeling. Like I'm not going to feel terror tomorrow, but I'm going to feel not so joyous, which I'm still not so comfortable. Because like, you're not at the concert? Yeah, or I'm not feeling that ecstatic joy that I'm always searching for. Another thing about Danny that you guys should know, which was very, I guess, painful, but also kind of funny. We'd go see movies when you were a kid, and just about from the minute we sat down and the lights went off, and we were all you know, watching movies as kids, it was the greatest thing in the world, right? right. It was way before streaming, and you know, it was big theaters, and big everything, big screen, big, and you would like go, but what am I going to do when it's over? 
Right. It was anxiety. And, and it was, yeah. And you were like, you couldn't enjoy the movie because you were too worried about, yeah. you know, you know how horrible it's going to be when the movie's over. Right. And, and I would always try to tell you, Danny, just enjoy the movie. Be in the moment. Right. You couldn't live in the moment. Right. Well, that, that was the thing. Right. Well, you that happened towards the, the end. That I was more right. towards the end. But, which is, it's the definition of an anxiety. That's what an anxiety is. You know, you're, you're not living in the moment because you're worried about the future. And for me, it was like, oh, my God, I'm feeling joy now, but then I'm going to go back to what? So when you're in the concert tonight, are you gonna, do you think you're going to think about how you're going to No, because I'm not in a bad space right now. I know right. I'm not going to feel terror right. tomorrow, but I still have to be very careful about, like, like experiencing, well, it goes into something deeper, like love and relationships, which I still haven't been very successful at, like loving relationships or romantic relationships. When I feel a high in a romantic relationship, it's very hard for me because then I experience, you know, like being intimate is a very high feeling for me. And then suddenly after the intimacy, when I'm just in the kitchen with the woman and we're making eggs, I feel like my earth is just completely crumbling because... And you lose yourself. I lose myself. I don't understand what it's like to feel love and then to start suddenly suddenly not feel, you know, the ebb and flow of that normal relationships. I feel, I feel that even with you sometimes, you know, like we get close and we talk, you know, we, it's not often that we get really close and talk like this. And then suddenly, you know, we're just normal with other people and family. And then I feel kind of a sense of loss because I don't, I'm not getting that closeness. So it, it all stems from that, from, the, from those extremes that I had in my childhood, you know, and it's very, and for years I kind of dismissed it. I kind of said, you know, everybody has a parent that dies and, 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 you know, my therapist is saying, look, you've been through a traumatic fucking experience and, and, and own it and accept it because I had five years of this between 11 and 16. I had, right. I had, even though I went to another school and I still had good times, it was still living under you know, between mom's death and coming to the States, I had five years. And even in the States, you were terrified of Charlie. You were afraid he was going to come and take you. I you know. were afraid that, you know, because it was a whole international legal Well, that's another thing. story. I mean, I that's thought... another story, but so the I'm state, just saying the terror didn't end. No. No, because I you thought know. once I escaped, you know, Charlie and got to the States, everything would be rosy, and then it wasn't. And then I'm like, oh, maybe it's within me. Maybe it's my fault. Right? I, 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 yeah, and you had to deal with school here in the States and a whole different system and high expectations. Well, and, I, you know, listen. it took a while. You know, it was hard for you to, to just integrate here, too, you know? Well, listen. It wasn't summer. I mean, it just because you life. escape a bad situation doesn't mean that you're going to be... Look at Vietnam. Look at no, people that come back from Vietnam and they're, yeah, they're you're lost. a ticking time bomb. Yeah, so... That's what trauma so, is. Yeah, so, I mean, having trauma, which sounds like now, now it's like an acceptable term. Back then it wasn't very acceptable. And I think I did see shrinks in Israel, but they weren't very good. And well, you'd go with Charlie, too. Ugh, it was, it was... He would set the scene. He yeah. did that with mom, too. Well, you know, so... If, she's not sick, it's just all in her mind. Yeah. You know, he would convince doctors that, yeah. that you know, that she wasn't physically... Yeah. In pain, it was all in her mind. Yeah, yeah. Which affected, you know, I believe until this day, it affected her medical treatment because oh, for she sure. was skewing everybody's perceptions of what was going on. Yeah. I mean, they probably couldn't save her because it was 1978 and there was no, you know, cure for pancreatic cancer, but her quality of life definitely could have been better, for sure. Yeah. But um, what, what, st what kind of started this thing for me is a few weeks ago, I was actually looking for some documents in my uncle's attic, and I found, which I knew existed, all these letters and documentation of, 
you know, uh, therapist assessments of my mental health back then Family. and affidavits that Bob and Jenny and Michael and Ed got from all of these family friends in case my father fought us in you court. detailed your life. Literally, you have, I mean, how many people can say that they have right. documentation of their lives from, you know, five different sets of adults? Right. And it all says families. that I was not, that I was going to be better off living someplace else. Right. So I had this very weird experience where I read all these affidavits by myself and I was totally fine and we almost we even kidded around about some things and therapy like two weeks ago my therapist takes I, I showed him some of these affidavits good so he gives me when he gives me Francis Sapoznik's affidavit he said start reading it so I'm kind of reading it and he goes no 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 slow down I got to like the fourth sentence where it said the kids suffered with neglect and I burst out crying. Like, I couldn't get through it. I, I'm still... So now it's an exercise in therapy is to kind of get through these affidavits, which was uh, shocking to me because for years I wasn't even getting emotional about all this. So to see somebody else say all these things, neglect, no food in the house, um, you know, that I... I that, and, and, and that was alarmingly suicidal. That's what the Sapoznicks said in their affidavits. Which I don't because really, I don't remember that. I remember you saying that you had voices in your head telling you to kill yourself. Now, was that real? Was that? I don't know. But I, the I, fact I, that you even said that would say it right. already indicates, and and today would indicate would sound you sound off all the alarm bells for for therapists or the school administrators if a kid would walk around and say that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what you were doing for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember feeling like actively suicidal. I certainly didn't have a plan. And it would kill me because, you know, I felt so close to you and also so protective of you. And there was nothing I could do to make it better. And no matter how many times, I remember talking to uh, Mr. Zucchini, what's his name? Itzik. Itzik. Itzik was like this brash Israeli who would, you know, and uh, was it him, the Bet Knesset guy? Who was it? Was that uh, was that somebody else? I don't know. But they would go, so don't go, so don't go to synagogue, so don't go with your father. You know, who cares? Yeah. yeah. And I remember you saying, but I, but 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 I have to go. You know, I'm afraid not to go. And right. You know, so we would have the hours, the number of hours that we spent trying to deal with your anxieties at that age were endless. Yeah. It was all the time at some point. Yeah. It got to be all the time. So yeah. I guess maybe the bubble, you know, was fine for a while, but then it became very much, you know, it trying got, to yeah. help you without training or anything. I'm right. Trying to help you. Right. With how do you deal with all these? And I remember this Israeli guy saying, oh, Danny, so don't go to this, you know, silly synagogue. You know, if you don't feel comfortable there, don't go. And for you, it was like unthinkable. Well, what could I right. do? My father you, forced me. You had to go, right? Right, so, right, right. So all I'm saying is you had all these mediators. And the reason you had all these mediators is because it was consuming you. It was all consuming all the time at that, at that point in your life. Yeah, I think 14, 15, 16, that's the, where it really got alarmingly. And that's where our uncle inter, you know, intervened and came and got me out of there. And swooped you out. Um, but... Um, yeah, it's just it's just you know it's 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 the joy it's interesting you know the joy and terror thing was it I'm fascinated by that because it it continued for many years to be like that and I didn't I didn't put those pieces together that it stemmed from the fluctuations because it's it's almost impossible for the brain to comprehend feeling great and then feeling horrible and and fearful at the same time it's almost impossible to deal with. 
And like you, I give you a lot of credit because you spent a lot of time with me. And, you know, and I'm sure it wasn't really a burden for you to do that because I think you had fun with me. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure during the la- latter years, it was probably difficult. No, it was very painful for both of us. I mean, for everyone who saw you like that. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember specifics. You know, I don't, I don't really remember. But the, the funny thing about all this is that the, the good th- memories are so vivid Mm-hmm. You know, like even even our strange friend Danny Nachieli, who lived five minutes away, I would go to his house. He was your friend, but I would go to his house without you, and he would be you know validating me because he would play all this new music for me, and he you know he and I felt like on top of the world, like he you know, and there was such a huge difference from being at our father's house. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I feel like a nothing there, and I'm, and I'm scared. And then I go to this guy's house and he's playing records for me and we're we're eat, we're we're bonding. Why did you why do you f- think you felt that kind of terror from him? Like what did he do that or what did you I think well, it was very complicated. First of all, he was a scary figure. Yeah, I mean, I was scared of him too. He was a scary figure. Until like I didn't want to piss him off. I didn't want to and also when I felt hatred for him, it was a very scary it was so intense that I wouldn't look at him. I wouldn't look at him. I thought that would be my victory over him because you would fight with him and you would lose. Verbally, and I, I saw that, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to cut him off, and that's going to be my victory over him. He's not going to know the real me." But by, but by doing that, I also sabotaged myself because I started cutting my own feelings off. Drawing, yeah. So I kind of lost that battle. But he definitely, like, I, you know, I saw, I, you know, two years ago, I was at the Cohen family, our good friends. And they, they told me, you would not look at him. Like, you were at the other side of the table. You wouldn't make eye contact with him. And I, that's what I did. And I did that for years, you know? We would, he would... You're right. I mean, five years is a long time at that age. I mean, think about it. It's your, you know, it's your whole life, really. And that's when you form your own identity. And you already had an identity kind of formed at that time. Right. And, and like you said, my, my way of dealing with it was... First of all, his way of dealing with me was different than his way of dealing with you. Right. With you, it was like this. It was almost like formal, formaldehyde. It was like it was like total control over you, with and and but also like over loving, like over like you know you, you were like in this. He, he you were his prisoner. I was his opponent, right. like a young opponent. Right, right. Like I felt his his animosity towards me, so I would sort of you know fight, fight back. back. And although I was young and he was rhetorically, you know, uh, you know, um, sort of a bully, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, like, but, but eventually, you know, I was, I was somehow able to escape that, that sort of prison kind of like situation that you were in. Right, right. But it's just interesting to try to identify where that, you know, where that paralysis started setting with you. In that relationship. Yeah. Well, I also think, again, that joy and terror thing, it was a shock. It was a shock to go back and forth between... Because I had a, you know, I had a girlfriend at the time, you know, I would go to her house. You were at her house all, all the, time. the time. And I would have... And I was like the king. Like, she did everything that I wanted. She liked every music that oh I liked. Oh, my God. She, yes. I mean, I would go amazing. there and, and I was the king, you know, but it was such... But then I would go back to the house and be a prisoner, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was... And I acted out, you know? Like, I had a yarmulke. I would throw it out the window and I'd make her go get it. You know, like I was very not nice to her, you know, and she, you know, that when he used to make you this weird food that was half frozen, half schnitzel frosted, the minute he turned around and left the room, you would open the living room window and we were on the second, like the second floor overlooking, well, 
second floor overlooking the wadi, like the, the woods behind us and sort of on an incline. Yeah. And you would like fling the food. Right. And, and return the plate empty to the table. And then he would come and go, how was it? And you'd go, it was great. It was great. And you never touched it. Never. You never touched it. Never. Thank God, you know, you had the ice cream money to survive on. If you cut away all those trees in our forest, you would find a million schnitzels laying there from years. And then I would go to the, uh, our, our neighbors, the Argentinian neighbors, and have their food. You know, so I was always at other people's houses, you know. But when, to answer your question, why was I terrified? First of all, he was scary. I didn't want to piss him off. And second of all, I think subconsciously I was worried about that his dark side would permeate my dark side. Like when I started yeah. to have episodes, I thought, oh, my God, I have his spirit inside of me. Which is what happens to me now when I'm depressed. I'm like, oh, my God, not only am I depressed, but I feel like I'm, I'm the only one because I'm the only biological son of my father. You're my, you know, even though you're my brother, you're my half-brother. You didn't leave when you were 16, did you? Yes. 17. Because uh, Charlie had the heart attack. I think it was 16. He, I don't know. Mom died when I was 16. Charlie had the heart attack, the multiple heart attacks. Yeah. Right after or a year after? A year or two after. So that's, so, so I'm 17. Right. But we still stayed in Israel a year after the heart attack, or two years after the heart attack. It wasn't... A, it yeah, so that's when the worst time was, because he was not functioning. He was not functioning, so... And you left uh, right before I joined the army? That summer that I went? No. You were st when you joined the army, I was still living there. Oh, right, 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 right. So, so this is longer than... You're, I came to the States almost at the end of your army, because you, came, right, right, you right. came a few months afterwards. Right. So, no, 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 it was, it was, because when you're in the army, I would go to your apartment, to your... Right, so I was 20. Right, so I was... Oh, so it's, no, it's the same five years, I'm sorry, it's from 16 to 21. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 I, I came... It was 11 to 16, yes. Yeah, so and if you remember, that first year in the States was very strange for both of us, you know, like, we lived in the same house, I was on the top floor, you were on the bottom floor, we hardly ever talked. Uh, I mean, we did, but we both... Well, you were, you were also... I was yes, like uh, you were in a weird place. I was in a weird and, place. You were in a strange place because you were suddenly in a in a Mercer County college after doing the army. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. You know, I don't. I don't. It's it. The memories. So I. I don't. What What can we learn from this? I mean, our memories are still sort of. You have some memories that I don't have, which is interesting, but. Um, I certainly, it's just, the, the interesting part about all this is that, you know, I think this is why it's so hard for me to be in Israel, you know, because the good memories that I have from our childhood are so vivid, mm -hmm. and the bad memories are not so vivid, but they definitely happen more than the good times. So when I'm in Israel, when I go to visit Israel, the first week is amazing. I feel fantastic. Because I'm, 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 I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm connecting to the good parts of my early life. Mm -hmm. Usually in the second week, something bad happens. You know, usually start, so I start to feel this sinking. Is, yeah, is it not connected to relationships? It's totally connected to relationships. It's definitely worse. So had you not had a girlfriend in Israel to, you know, to be exposed to emotionally and all of that, you think you would have had the same reaction? The last time, maybe not. Because, but it is, but I do get very close. Like a few years ago, I didn't have a, a, a romantic. Uh, and you had uh, the same thing, the same. Kind I of started reaction. to sink. I started to sink. Right, because you, you, 
and Did I have a structured program. You were sort of yeah. Like, In my mind, I was like, I'm going to visit everywhere. I'm going to be fine. And then I started to get these weird symptoms of anxiety and fear. But I was still okay. And I remember getting to Newark Airport and saying, Am I okay? Am I okay? And I, I literally could have gone either way, and I and I was okay. But this time, the so last you got time, out. You escaped on time. I escaped on time, but I had to cut it short. I had to ask I Bobby. Remember. Yeah, you cut it short a few times. You cut it short with us too when we left. Yeah. To the, to every the time, States, every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm gonna have a great three weeks, and then right. by the second week, so so yeah, it's it's a very very, and I wish I wish I didn't feel that way because I love feeling good there. I love feeling Maybe good just there. Just go for a week. <laughs> Maybe just go for like a day, you know. Um, but um, but when you but you don't have that experience, like when you've obviously you've lived there and you feel at home there. As I mean, no, I only have mainly have. Uh, a good experience when I when I go, right? Which is interesting. Um, like you, you probably don't have that level of trauma, or or you also, when our father was about to pass away, you actually helped him, so you probably had. Some I re- closure. reconnected with him, yeah, later in life. Um, but you know, at a distance, it was never a real, you know, nourishing relationship. But I did, you know, re, you know, the last ten years of his life, I think, you know. We were back in touch. And yeah. Was he nicer to you, sort of? Yeah. So, I mean, he mellowed, first of all, towards yeah. the end of his life. He mellowed. Yeah, he was living alone. He was living in Jerusalem. He had his little apartment. We'd go visit him. We'd go out with him every once in a while, you know, go to dinner together. You know, he had a strange girlfriend for a while, you know. Yeah, which like I, I learned wasn't really his girlfriend. Like, he was kind of like, it was a little bit more in his mind. Probably in his mind. I and think he, Butch Cohen told me it was really in his mind. Mm-hmm. Like, he would... Well, she wasn't as, she wasn't reciprocating, you know, to his, his, yeah. his feelings. Um, yeah, and he would send her she letters. she tolerated him, they went out together, they did all these things together, and he, you know, right. gift her and gift her daughter, and he was like the doting kind of like, you know, yeah, wannabe stepfather kind of thing. You know, it's, yeah, he was he was like that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So. I mean, it's just I mean, it's you know, it's strange for me because most of my life, I my mission was not to be like him. You know, and and I and it's interesting that I have a very playful personality when I'm okay, and I love acting, and I love the arts, and I I don't think I'm like him at all in that regard. But when I do get depressed and I have these episodes, then I think, oh, my God, then I got it from him and I am like him. You know, like when you're depressed, you think every terrible thought that you could possibly think. Well, he so he was depressive. The question is, was he depressive before the heart attacks? I, uh, come on. A good question. Of course he, he was. was. Yeah. Of course he was. Right. He was just, it was an exaggerated version of himself after the heart attack. But he, Right. But he, do you remember right. when you were kids with our mother, do you remember like navigating around him, like three of us... Na- I'm like, I don't remember... Three of us navigating around him? Well, certainly in the States we would, yeah. But do you remember, like, me, you, and her going for a ride somewhere? Uh, I just don't have memories of me, you, and her together, you know? Like, I have memories of me and you... Well, we went to the States with her, without him, because he didn't want to go. Right. Right? So so it was me, you, and you. Yeah, until she got sick. Really? Because I thought we went until '78. Until I thought we were like alone. I thought we 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 went alone. Maybe I'm oh, wrong. Maybe she came once. I think she stayed. 
So why would she send us? It's so interesting, right? I mean, what was going on in her mind? This is something we can ask the family a little bit. We could ask Francis. Why, you know, if they shipped us out, there was a reason. Mm-hmm. If she shipped us out, there was a reason, right? But I don't think she had a lot of power to do that. So somehow, Charlie, okay. somehow Charlie said okay to that. Well, probably because Meg and Jack, you know, her parents stepped in and funded the tickets and sort of had an expectation that we would come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I don't think he liked it at all. No. He didn't like coming. He didn't like us going. Oh, I'm sure he hated it. I'm sure he hated it. But I don't don't have no memory of me, you, and her on an airplane going to the States. I have, well, I, you know, I just don't have many memories. I don't have memories of me, you, and her together. Like, I just don't. Do you dream about her? No. I used to dream about her. Yeah. No, it's very weird. Like, I feel completely cut off, you know? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I was close to her, you know? I just, I don't, I don't... I don't remember it. I don't remember her voice. I don't remember her... I remember Meg and Jack meeting us at the airport. Yeah, but that's totally different. But was it with her or without her? We don't even know. No. I mean, she certainly came with us when she was sick. That last, that last time, yeah. Yeah, but I, but isn't that, isn't that strange? And we went to movies together and she would fall asleep in the middle like yeah. Right at the beginning, because she was sick. Yeah. Uh, remember that? I but didn't it, remember the movie. What movie? Heaven Can Wait. It was Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait. Yeah. Yeah. And she slept through the whole thing. Like she was really sick. But it. Yeah. And I remember her being outside. Uh, you know, over the lake at the Wonders House, like sitting there, very oh. sick, very sick. Wow. But, you know. So she came. She came to Lake Luzerne when she was sick. She was with us, yeah. And I then thought she, she went down. She she came up for a little bit, then she felt not well, and then they took her back down to the city, and that's where she, she was stayed. in Brooklyn until yeah. until the end. And then that's when we stayed with Bobby and Ginny because Megan Jack took her down to the city. So yeah, we stayed in upstate New York with yeah, and we had a great summer, which was ironic. Ironic that we had a great summer, and then my last one of my la- I guess my last memory of her was seeing her in the Brooklyn kitchen, very with a robe, very very thin, like. And that, Yellow, because she, she was jungle. Yeah, she and that, that I think that's my last memory of her, I think. And that was probably before we went to the airport, you know? Well, I guess, you know, the purpose now of all of this is for you to try to figure out how not to go to that dark side. Yeah. Stay, stay where you are. And yes. The best place you yeah, know, well, you to be. And you're, you're doing great I, when you're on the other side, right? When you are where you are now. Uh, yeah. Well, I have these very severe episodes and my therapist and I would always sort of go back and forth. Do I have bipolar? Do I have this? And he's tending to think that, no, it's this trauma that keeps resurfacing. And he says that now that I'm getting, I mean, I really have these, these moments in the sessions where I just like almost lose it, you know? And he says, that's good, you know? Because you're starting to reconnect with yourself. Yeah. I'm starting, I'm starting to get these, these intense feelings of sadness. You know, when I read that word neglect in the affidavit, I was, I almost, you know, I I almost lost control. Danny, there was no food in the house. The refrigerator was empty. Yeah. He would feed you potato taters that were half frozen. Okay, yeah. he didn't. It doesn't matter. You just were not yeah. cared for. You were living in the presence of someone who was sick, mentally yeah. and physically. Yeah, and but that he part of his sickness was complete and total control, both over you 
and over anyone else's ability to step in and try to protect you. So all these families that ended up writing these affidavits loved you right. and loved your mom, your late, our late mom, and wanted to help. But, you know, he was kind of a scary figure to everyone. He was sort of a bully to everyone. Yeah. Um, and he never got it, obviously, which is why this whole thing was a complete surprise to him when you were, you know, yanked out of right. that existence, of that, of that place. So, right. you know, so, so this is... Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of explanations why I've had, you know, these episodes throughout my life. And it makes me feel better to, to kind of rationally know that. So, because I, you know, because when you're depressed and you can't control it, you feel like it's all your fault. And then they should be able to control it. So it's nice to know... You know that there's reasons for all this, but um, but it's still a very curious that you also don't remember as much as you would like to remember. You know, even though you were older than me. Yeah, I. You know, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to explain. It's it's hard to think back exactly what what you know what I recall. Right. I, mean, I recall some, like I, I I shared, and there's probably more. Right. 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 But. Yeah, no. I mean, I think maybe in some ways we had our own, we really had our own universe. And that was, that was a very, pretty strong bubble. Yeah. It wasn't enough to keep, you know, you emotionally healthy, but our existence was not really, you know, those movies where there are hardly any parents. Mm -hmm. It's all all, all about the kids. Yeah. That was sort of our lives. I mean, like, for example, when I think about going to the States from Israel for the summer, it was all about meeting Megan Jack, our grandparents at the airport. I remember we'd talk about it and we'd go through it. It wasn't about being with mom at the airport. It was it was sort of our, you know, it was a way right. our our lives were, you know, our parents were sort of not central. Right. No, yeah, it was it was it. our escape. It was, you know, our world of, of our music. Our lives were, and were an escape in, in, in a way from, from this kind of reality. Yours was more intense than mine, but I think right. we shared right. that need for, for an escape. And right. And mom too was under his shadow, right? You know, in many ways, right. So, right, and I'm still kind of doing that. I'm still escaping a lot, you know. And so, what's a lesson here for? The know, lesson is for, to, for everyone, you know. This is this is a universal thing, right? It is. Well, it's, I I, I guess the lesson is that trauma is real, and the best way to kind of deal with it is to try to face it and to try to make sense of it, which is what I'm trying to do. You right. know, and. and Everyone has a struggle for balance in their life. Some have it more extreme, some have it less, less extreme. So I'm an example maybe of less extreme, you're an example of more extreme, but anyone listening to this mm-hmm. can probably relate in, in some ways to different you know, poles pulling at them in their own lives or in their own childhoods that are still with them. So, yeah. you know, you, I mean, my, my hope for you, Danny, is, you know, and this is also your, your sort of your belated birthday episode, is that you will always maintain that healthy balance now because you you know and you've got people who love you friends family and it's amazing to see you come back after you know two three years of not being around and everybody's still there waiting for you like your old friends yeah singers celebrities regular people family everybody's there yeah for you yeah so and that's an amazing thing you know that's a blessing not everybody has that kind of a community Especially, yeah. especially when they you know disappear because they go into the dark side for two years. Yeah, reemerge, and everybody's just you know waiting for you to reconnect. You know, well, not I, just your family. I yeah, mean, family is sort of 
understandable. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I was waiting for me to reconnect, you know? And then once I'm back, then everything falls into place, you know? But I, I you know, once I'm, once I have the, you know, like I have to be, but anyway, listen, it's almost at the end here. So thank you so much for doing this. And um, I think this was, it was very nice to, to kind of get your version of everything. And uh, maybe you could do this again sometime. I would love to. And I hope this was good for you too. It was. It was. And um, let's all be healthy. And enjoy our lives. Amen. See you guys next time. <laughs>